0: go. The podcast platform of the Phenomenalist by Leopold Lambert Today, militarization of the police, a new paradigm with Ethelborough Barrow-Napol Hello everyone. Today, my guest is Ethel uh, Barahona Paul, who is uh, uh, a publisher and an editor in uh, in uh, Barcelona. Uh, hence, hence the name of uh, her, the office she co-founded with uh, César Reyes, uh, DPR Barcelona. Uh, hello, Ethel.
1: Hello. hello, Paul, Thank you for inviting me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. We're we're recording from Rotterdam after a full day of seminar called Mission that. Uh, uh, that uh, um, was organized uh, by uh, Malkit Shalke and uh, and uh, where we talked about uh, militarization of public space and the kind of collusion between um, uh, uh, the uh, what's been sco- what's been called the civic space and the and the and the war space. But uh, we're going to come back to that a little bit later. Um, first, uh, because D.P.R. Barcelona is such Uh, a huge cap I think that's (laughs) that's a good way to say because you're always wearing this cap as such a huge cap to do uh, to do uh, uh, so many projects curatorial project uh, publishing uh, projects technological project uh, symposium project so could you maybe uh, introduce us a little bit this work uh, this (laughs) immense work uh, uh, that uh, that I know well because we've been collaborating uh, for a few years now so uh, please
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for these words. <laughs> I think that maybe the complexity that uh, you can mention about DPR Barcelona's work is not as complex as it seemed when you explained it. That because all of all our work comes from the notion of uh, publishing, but not in the traditional way we understand publishing. That it's only make printed books or digital books in the past recent years but the origin of the word publishing uh, means to make things public so it all connects all our research because uh, all our works in curatorial projects, uh, giving lectures or uh, leading workshops comes from the same need to make the part of the research we are doing to make it public so the diversity comes from the format but not from the origin of the research. So I think this uh, this was very important for us, for Cesar and me, when we start because somehow the the topics that we are interested on yeah, about social, politics, economics in the public space in the city related with architecture are so diverse that uh, trying to just to wrap wrap up everything in in the pages of a book was not enough, even if we love books, as, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it seems that it wasn't enough, so by that motivation, we we'll start working in, in other fields, all interconnected by this notion. So we have the opportunity to be associate curators in adhocracy with Joseph Joseph Grima in Istanbul in 2012, and then to we create the Think Space cycle in and we were researching in the topic about money, so you can see all these topics: adhocracy, money, are related with our uh, field of interest. And it's just the format that it's uh, it's diverse depending on the public or the audience we or the topic itself. It we need other means beyond the paper to to make the debate or the discussions to occur. So we reach that field in order to do so. So I think this. Uh, diversity of formats that you were mentioning uh, it's all connected by the word publishing Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, well and maybe to go further on that and that's a question I usually ask my guests is uh, what 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 is currently what you're working on like what are those Mm -hmm. future projects that are uh, uh, growing in DPR Barcelona currently
1: (laughs) Uh, yes well we are working in a few books as as uh, one is uh, about Aristide Antonas, the Greek architect. Uh, uh, projects uh, the archipelago, archipelago of protocols that we will be. It will be finished by February 2015, hopefully, <laughs> because you know with books we have always tiny delays. I know. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is in the publishing field, and we are also going to publish Pelintan's uh, book about the theory of hospitality and the commons. And so we are working on that as well, and some other books, but I will not. You can go to our website yeah. to see the books, I will not enumerate all of them here. Uh, we are also just recently joined team, Cesar and me, with Pelin Tan to create uh, Adhocracy for the Onassis Foundation in Athens, and it's a very nice opportunity now because after curating the exhibition with Joseph and and, and the, all the team for Istanbul, with these two years in between, uh, we think that it's time to make a, like a kind of critical review and update of the exhibition itself because the concept of adhocracy demands an update and be constantly... Uh, moving on. So we are very excited about this project as well. The exhibition will open in May 2015, so you are more than welcome <laughs> to join, <laughs> and also the people who listen to us. And yes, these are the major projects we are mm-hmm. working on. As well, we continue with the uh, e-book series publications, and you you will see mm-hmm. they're coming out, but the Major projects are these ones. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Well, I actually had prepared some questions about adequacy, but I think uh, there would be like hundreds of potential topics you and, mm-hmm. you and I could talk about. And uh, 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 along the years, we we learned yeah. how close our work was uh, from each other. Uh, but so actually, to I think I think it'd be very interesting if instead of that we would talk about uh, uh, the presentation you made today um uh in the in the context of this uh, seminar in Rotterdam called missions uh where you analyzed the uh the sartorial characteristic mm-hmm. the history of the sartorial characteristic of of the police uh uh in the world i mean it was a 20 minute intervention obviously it would deserve an entire uh, 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 an entire book probably yeah. to to really <laughs> sure. make it well but that's that's also why i'd like to to spend a little bit more time on it uh, especially um, especially talking today on november uh, twenty seven and uh, uh, a few days only later that uh, the, uh, we learned that uh, uh, Darren Wilson the, the policeman in Ferguson who, who killed uh, who, who shot Mike Brown with a, 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 this young, uh, young african American uh, in circumstances that will never be known because it's been refused that there is a trial. So revealing uh, tr- tremendous uh, racial issues in the American police, but obviously if it wasn't the American police, uh, uh, that would be easier. But uh, in Europe, we can see the exact same thing happening. I mean, maybe not in a, because of because of the way the weaponry is being uh, handled in Europe. It's, uh, it's maybe not as spectacular, but uh, the racism is still very strong. Anyway, that's a very long introduction, just for <laughs> you, for you to, to, to maybe tell us a little bit more about this, uh, this research you made for this presentation, and I guess we, we could talk about it. Before.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, the research started, by the, way, by the way, this is another of the projects we are working on. I didn't mention before, but because it seems so familiar to be here, and you have attended the seminar that I just forgot to mention as a, one of the, our ongoing projects, is the research we are doing with Malkit Shoshan and Marina Otero. Uh, we started working together uh, a few, lots of m- few months ago. Yeah, uh, researching all the military infrastructure and how it is used in the civic and public space. So we have a uh, research before in the use of drones, for example. And now for this seminar, we wanted to focus more on the civic space, as the mission title says. Uh I don't know how to say this, but part of our research as DPR Barcelona, apart from this common project with Marina and Malkit, has been related with the public space and the civic rights uh, for more than three or four years. So it came very easy that my lecture was focused on that, because I think one one of the biggest manifestations of the use of these military technologies, uh, it's... uh, Easy to to be witnesses in the public space, as you mentioned in Ferguson. Uh, even if, if nothing is happening in in a square, for example, but you see the prevention and the, the this big presence, the manifestation of power by the police, and somehow the way that it disrupts the daily life of citizens, uh, it's very strong that uh, we were. N- Almost feeling that it's a very a huge necessary topic to, to discuss because as well uh, we are becoming more used to that and I think the danger it's in in that specific point when citizens get used to that presence and start seeing it as a normal daily life. Uh, there's not confr- confrontation anymore and your rights are becoming in a decrease. But if you are used to that, sorry for, to repeat that, but uh, you accept that. So I think it's very dangerous for the development and the behavior in public space because we have more rights than than these uh, big... Uh, Movements by the military or the police are trying to to demonstrate. Our rights are stronger, but sometimes we do, we didn't even realize that. So, and yes, a very important point is this uh, situation in Ferguson because it's very specific and make you realize all all that I'm explaining
0: it's very specific and uh, yet it's very generic as yeah. well like I think there's other places in the US that would yeah. really, really very much recognize itself in Ferguson
1: Yeah but I, yes yes I agree with that mm. but I think it's very specific in the way that it happened in a very strong way the attention by media uh uh, maybe the moment that uh, with the communication technologies we have now is different than ten years ago. So more people is aware of that. So in in that sense, when you combine all together, it becomes more specific. So uh, all the attention is there, but we can see this kind of uh, situations. I think in many other mm-hmm. cities in yeah. the world, not only in the yeah. U.S. So uh, or as well the the images I was presenting in the. In the lecture about this, uh, uh, the way that the police use nowadays military equipment and they are present. Uh, the pictures were from police in Barcelona as well as in the U.S. So we can see the similarities, but I think that the the strength of having this specific case is very good to. To make people aware of the problem, mm-hmm. because when you see that it's so generic, people doesn't get involved that much in the in the problematic. So, mm. maybe.
0: And maybe you can explain how it works in uh, in Spain, because in the U.S., uh, uh, something that allows that allows uh, uh, former New York Mayor uh, Mike Bloomberg, to mm-hmm. Michael Bloomberg, to say uh, that he has the eighth biggest army in the world to 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 rule New York. He was talking about the New York City, uh, the New York Police Department, which. Actually, did not. Uh, we still don't know where he got that number that it was eight speakers. But the fact that you can compare the budget of a of a police department, even from a very big city like New York, to an army is extremely problematic. But the fact that he's, he's allowed to to make this comparison is that in the U.S. there's uh, hundreds. Um, there's dozens of millions of dollars of equipment that that was in Afghanistan or Iraq that are that are able to be. Re- Respread on uh, on the national territory to to actually supply their um, to actually supply their the local police and 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 uh, and uh, I think you can tell us more about that in the, in the way I mean you were explaining and we saw that as well in various articles how uh, 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 those those equipment is already problematic when they're being used by the, the, the army, but at mm-hmm. least the army has uh, been trained for it and has a responsibility, whereas it's not at all the case in, in, in the police, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is uh, one of the main problems about, about that, that is the the training and try to incorporate this uh, new equipment in uh, a department that has been traditionally used to help people and not to repress so, uh, in Barcelona, well, in in Spain in general, but in Barcelona, for example, we have uh, several cases of uh, people being shot with uh, flashball. Uh, no, with the balls, uh, gun yeah. balls. No, how do you say? Flashballs. Flashballs. Yeah. yeah, and even one one person who lost uh, one eye because the police doesn't know how to manage that, and. Uh, it becomes very dangerous for the civilian people. Just the simple act to go to a protest, it becomes against you. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is connected with uh, with what I was trying to tell before about our rights to use the public space. Protest is one of the main activities in history that we have done in public space. So now the repression is increasing and technologies are helping to, to make this repression stronger so and also it's a a big issue about legality and politics because for example this uh, at least in Barcelona these cases are like somehow followed by by the legal process and there are demands against this police but at the end, nothing happens because uh, the police department has the support of the Ministry of Defense, and it all depends on the same kind of layer of people that nowadays, in our local context, is uh, very corrupt, uh, to, to be clear and sincere. So, nothing is happening to defend the, the civil, uh, the, c- the citizenship against that. Uh, all the legal new laws and uh, legal transformations they are doing it's uh, with the aim to protect the army and the police and not to protect the the citizenship so I think this is uh, this is a very important point to discuss publicly because Mm -hmm. uh, we need to do something against that
0: but it's true that even when you when you think of um, uh, at the very uh, bottom of things is that the, the entire uh, equipment of the police uh, regarding um, anti-riots, uh, mm. all, all, all those very specific we- weaponry, as uh, a flashball, the tear gas, uh, all those things, what, what it means at the very at the very bottom of things is very problematic in the fact that it is it is a, either a state or a municipality that will in advance take the me- take their means of going against a riot. That he would have already judged from before that it would be wrong yeah. and that therefore there would be uh, a legitimate suppression of yeah. it. There's something very perverse about that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that the, the this perversion comes from. Uh, well, I was uh, as well in the lecture, already to refer a lot of that because okay, a lot well, of people. We'll not, yeah, the... uh, but about the theorems, quote About the hypocrisy of human condition mm-hmm. because. I think the contradiction is that all these equipment and uniforms and weapons are designed to protect the people, but nowadays they are used to provoke the people. So the, this uh, layer of uh, of, uh, of uh, the police uh, department comes provoke because sometimes the, the the struggles are peaceful and people is just, for example, sitting down in a square, but when the police comes with this huge equipment and very provocative, uh, of course the people react. And instead of using uh, the equipment they have to protect the people, they use it to provoke and then to to struggle with the people and to sometimes to even damage the people with these flashbulbs or whatever. So I think it's a, a very deep and huge contradiction in the way that these things are like somehow created, but it's also about I think semantics. But because we were talking the whole day today as well about the economic influence of the military industry, so if the police department comes and provoke a struggle or a riot, they justify somehow the expenses mm-hmm. in this equipment, mm. so that the military industry, in economical terms, keep moving on and this is a big uh, force nowadays uh, to understand this uh, evolution of the of how the police department or the militarization of public space uh, it's happening mm-hmm.
0: but uh, i'd like to go back to you to this idea of hypocr- hypocrisy and 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 the fact that originally the police is made to protect people and i'm wondering if i, I really don't know but i'm wondering if it's not if it's not Already a uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, if we're if we're not a bit naive to think that way because going back to the to the racial aspect of the police and the the racial profiling I mean if you don't even need to go to the to the murders if you look at uh, uh, stop and frisk policies in New York uh, sorry I keep talking about the the U S yeah, after, the yeah, after living there yeah, for yeah. five years <laughs> but uh, but. Uh, uh, I'm I'm wondering if we should not take seriously the idea of law enforcement because yeah. that's how we call it. and the law and we keep thinking of the law as this very fair thing, very just thing that uh, where everyone is equal and everything. But when we look at it a little bit more closely, we realize those racial and and social uh, disparities are also very much present in the law. So I'm wondering if the law enforcement is not literally is not. Maybe it's literally what the police is doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. By the way, I agree in that, and maybe yes, it's a. It was a very naive way to 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 put it. But no, but it's true. Was, the way uh, we it's, think about it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- that's the point I was uh, about to say now. That it's all about rhetorics and semantics because when you are a children and go to school, sometimes the police department comes and visit to es- explain you how to behave in the street or how t- how to cross the street and re- respect the. The signals and the stop signal. So, the, when you are a children, you you have the feeling that the police is there to protect you. So, this is what I mean that maybe now that we are adults and we have been researching on these topics, we know that it's not. It's an hypocrisy. But I was I was uh, trying to maybe in a very naive way explain how they create this imaginary since you are a children. Mm-hmm. So then you grow up and you don't even question yourself about that. So they can take advantage of this uh, this human behavior that you are comfortable because you have been taught to think in that way. So uh, even if it's naive, it's a reality. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays. But so,
0: and and it may it may be less naive. Uh, I mean, uh, I think there's, there's there's also some fundament in it. In in the fact that I think the the police uh, paradigm, the function of the police shifted at some point historically uh, uh, from from like a, an investigation function, like uh, something happened, the police has yeah. to intervene or or, or an intervention uh, uh, a function to an anticipation function. Yeah. It's like the police needs to guess to guess uh, the crime that w- is not yet committed, so obviously that's minority yeah. report, but I mean, Los Angeles there are some, apparently and so I'm, I'm sure you know that way better than I do, but there's some algorithm, mm-hmm. I think, to predict where police will be the most needed, because that's where a crime yeah. is more likely to happen, that's also where technology uh, jumps in, but so so the very notion of anticipation of th- in this function of the police involves the subjectivity of each police officer and the collective uh, the collective uh, 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 subjectivity of, of, of the police in general and so society in general as well, and so the racism that you observe in society is uh, is obviously yeah. intervening within the anticipating, and so that's that's how you do racial profiling. Yeah.
1: By the way, it's very interesting you are, uh, the, all this you are saying now because reminds me a conversation I have with Cesar just two days ago when we were talking about the presentation and he was uh, exactly saying the, the same that this notion of anticipation also involves a complete lack of empathy because you are always presupposing, or the police is always presupposing, that people will act in a bad way and there will be some kind of a violence involved in every action by the citizenship so it's the the, yes, the uh, ab- absolute lack of any empathy or belief in, in the human being that is in the other side so and this notion of anticipation it's as uh, well very recent uh, and I think if, if we see the numbers going back uh, again to the economical part of the of the research uh, it has become the big massive business we have now in the past 10 years maybe so it's all related because uh, by the notion of anticipation uh, they are always uh, justifying these expenses because all the cities all the neighborhoods need this kind of protection because something will happen even if they don't know how to explain or what to explain but something will happen so it's a very clever way to justify all the expenses and all the money that they invest in, in equipment, in surveillance, uh, equipment as well. So uh, I think the the connection of the political power and economical power, it's uh, interconnected and linked in this, specifically in this topic we are discussing now, it's uh, you cannot separate one from the other,
0: and talking about this economy, uh, something that got, that was uh, touched upon today was also the privatization of uh, of security, right? Mm. I was thinking when you were presenting that uh, uh, in a in a university like um, University of Chicago, mm-hmm. they they have incredible budget for their private police that has like incredible cars, and they have to report to not no one else. I mean, they they're private. They're private yeah. uh, uh, contractors, so they, there's really no report back to the to the people who are subjected to their yeah. actions. So, uh, and I mean, we had uh, today uh, Erela Graseni yeah. talking about the, the Israeli uh, private comp- uh, security company acting, uh, uh, obviously in East Jerusalem and, and, and uh, somewhere else in Palestine, but uh, also also in New Orleans because yeah. they were.
1: Yeah, by the way, not only in, in New Orleans or in Israel and Palestine, for example, uh, in Guatemala or in El Salvador, you have uh, gated communities that uh, they use not only the security forces, the, the people, armed people with the equipment, but as well the other technologies that come from the military industry uh, that are like biometric recognition, just mm. to open the door of the gated community and, and reach your home or surveillance cameras so all the the industrial in all in all the manifestations uh, even being a personal guard or this uh, biometric recognition uh, in the in the media you have available it's ever present so the big business is there because Uh, when it's the police, it's our taxes that are going there, but when it's uh, private companies but at the same time private companies created by the environment of fear uh, are also depending on on our money it's not public money, but somehow it's very tricky to separate this because uh, everything helps to create this need of protection and Mm. to So it's very difficult to to separate. Uh, Of course, in numbers, it's very easy to separate. Your taxes go here and your private life is is here. But the way that the whole industry works around you, this is very diffuse and very difficult. And uh, and at the end, it drives you to spend your taxes in in public security and your private money in private security. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, uh, the same field all... uh, being filled by by the by the civil mm. people.
0: Um, so today is going to be a short podcast because we're being awaited. But I'm sure we'll have the opportunity to do another one. But I'd like I'd like to finish the same way you finish your presentation with this incredible picture uh, <laughs> that that is. Uh, that we'll talk about after you describe it. I think because it's it's uh, it was a very very powerful way to finish your presentation. Can yeah. you describe it for us?
1: Yeah, I will describe it and I will send it to you so yeah. you can pu- publish in the website. Uh, it's a picture from the protest in Ukraine, and I don't know who has the brilliant idea that the best way to confront uh, the police department that was repressing the protest was to put mirrors in front of uh, each person, uh, took a mirror uh, to the public space, and when the police reached reach them, all that they seen was the, uh, a mix-up of the faces of the citizenships and their own faces reflect, reflected in the mirror. And the image is so powerful because there are a lot of images on the internet, but I found especially this very powerful because you have the reflection of the policeman in the in the central mirror and his uh, his face, it's like, I don't know, like wondering, I, do I want to be on this side or maybe I prefer to be on the other side? This is the, the interpretation I have uh, uh, about his face, maybe... Maybe I'm mistaken because I'm always on the other side, but it's a very strong face and the look and the way that the old lady is holding the mirror. So maybe what I said in the in the lecture and for the audience to know that maybe the only way to confront all these uh, all these fears we have or that fears that have been created by others that make us to contract private security or to make us to be being uh, afraid of walking in the public space maybe the only way to confront this is to see ourselves in that mirrors and trying to understand really in deep what is happening around us so maybe with that like we can finish yeah that's <laughs> a great conclusion thank you
0: so much Esau. thank
1: you leopold <laughs>